The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. This guy's been around the Mets for a few years, called the game Braves and Mets for TBS last night. Ron Darling, nice enough to join us right now on the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker Line. Ron, pleasure having you on the program. How you doing? I'm doing great. That sounds like your morning's better than mine, spending on a golf course. I love that. <laughs> it's a beautiful golf course as well. A lot of moving parts. I guess you could say the same thing about the Mets last night, but are there some parallels between what the Braves were doing at the same time last year, kind of spinning their wheels to a certain extent, but they came alive when it counted versus what the Mets are doing this year? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that, you know, because the, the Mets at some point are going to have to pull off. Uh, what the Braves did last year, you know, I think uh, my numbers might be a tiny bit off, but once Michael Harris, the second came up uh, to the Braves last year, I think they were like 79 and 47, 46, something like that. So maybe they will have that kind of player that will come up and be as instrumental as Michael was uh, last season. But yeah, they, they really haven't uh, found their mark much like the Braves uh, uh, last year. But, you know, watching the Braves this year, here they are, what, 12 games over 500, and you feel like they only have about 75% of their team. So they've done a good job of, despite the injuries, uh, kind of finding a way to win every night. Ron, why do you think the Mets haven't gone on an 8-2, and 9-1 type run? Yeah, I think I think a lot of it has to do uh, with their starting pitching. It was kind of up in the air early. Um, you know, you're at a golf course, you know, so whenever you play golf with your friends, you know, if you have a good partner, you ham and egg it around the golf course. And the Mets have been egging and hamming it. And what I mean by that is every time they score some runs, uh, they give up a lot of runs. And every time they uh, get a good, pit, a well-pitched game, uh, they don't score too much. So, uh, they just haven't found uh, that kind of streak. I think the starting pitching has been much better, uh, despite Carrasco's uh, four-run six there. He's pitching well until then. Uh, Scherzer's been better. Verlander's still pitching himself into shape. Um, so uh, I think once the starting pitching comes around, that gives them a chance to maybe go on that run that you're talking about. Ron Darling with us on the uh, Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker line. This is part of the reason why you got a guy, obviously, like Max Scherzer, going to make the start tonight. What's he done better since coming back from that suspension? Well, you know, he, he ended up only pitching about 11 innings over the course of 40 days um, with injuries and with the suspension. So I think he was just a little rusty. And uh, what he's done the last two or three starts, really, is that he's been able to throw any pitch in his repertoire, and he's got four or five of them. Uh, on any count. So I think his unpredictability is more than it's ever been in his career. Certainly you guys saw him when he was at his best and, you know, when he was thrown, you know, 97, 98 miles an hour and, uh, you know, he could power himself to a lineup. I, I don't think he can do that as much, but uh, the ability to throw four or five pitches over in any count has made him very formidable. And he's been that way the last few starts. Hey, Ron, can you talk about the precarious nature of being good for 
a number of years in a row in baseball, whether it's Manoa, whether it's Alcantara, whether it's Trey Turner, who's got a real great back of the baseball card, and you struggle a little bit. And the game has been littered with guys who it, it's it's great to do it. It's hard to do it the first time, but doing it the second or doing it for an extended period of time in any position in this game is pretty hard to do. From your vantage point of a guy who played it and now has watched it for this long, can you explain to everybody listening what it's like to be consistently good for any stretch of time? Boy, it's it's so hard, especially in today's game. I think because of all the video and all the analytics that they have about each and every player, I think you are uh, continually trying to morph uh, and change your game on the fly to make uh, some adjustments, let's say, to use that uh, term. And the guys that make the best adjustments have the longer, more consistent careers. I think the adjustments needed in today's game with all the eyeballs and all the cameras on them are more than ever. And uh, those guys that are better at that are the ones that are more consistent. You know, in my day, it could be a little more private about it. Not everyone knew about it. So you can maybe get away with two or three years in a row without anyone knowing uh, all they know about you now. So I, I, I think the guys uh, have to be, one, uh, they're the talented guys in, in, in the world that are playing this game. But two, I think they have to be really as intelligent uh, as they've ever been to try to figure out uh, how to move their game to the next level or at least take it to a different level where there's still some surprise in there. And hey, uh, But it's hard. Yeah, I, I'm old. I try not to sound old very often, but I'm, re- I'm really asking. Aren't we all? When you drove to the ballpark, 80s, 90s, did you yeah. drive to the ballpark thinking, I'm going nine today? And I don't mean the false bravado and swagger, but my yeah. job is more than it seems to be today for the guy who is driving to the ballpark who's going to be on the mound to start a game? You know, that's a great question. I, I, in deference to today's player, you know, they're asked to be a different kind of player. And let's just say pitcher if we're comparing uh, what I used to do. So they're asked to be at their best for as long as uh, that will take them there. So it's two hours of of, um, of an amazing, uh, you know, they're pitching as hard as they can for, for two hours. Where in my day, uh, you were kind of asked to get 27 outs. And how was the best way to do that? Um, over the course of a game, if you're looking at Spencer Strider, one of your great pitchers, he will max out on every pitch for as long as he's in there. In my day, if I threw 10 pitches hard, as hard as I could, that was a lot out of 120 pitches. So it's a, it's a whole different way of thinking about uh, what they do. Um, I certainly couldn't do what Spencer Strider does. And he maybe he couldn't do what I did a long time ago, but it was different. In, in those days, you only got paid if you're on the mound. Today you get paid by what you do when you're on the mound. There's a, there's a, a, a subtle difference. It's funny you say that because he did not have one of his best starts. I want to say it was three or four starts ago, and he said he was trying to pace himself, and he said he had to start thinking like a closer. you got to max out on every pitch. So to your point, Ron, that's the training, that's the mindset that a lot of these young pitchers, just about all of them, have going in now. Yeah, it's more of a sprint for them than a marathon um, uh, was for us, but I, I think that all of these young men are going to have to rethink, you know, how they uh, work out, how they prepare for their starts, because I think this pitch timer has really been a factor in some of the uh, pitchers' inability um, uh, to shut off beginnings, to last deeper into games. Um, I think it's something that we're going to not only see now, but it's going to have a big part and play a big part as we get later into the seasons, the dog days, as you would say. 
Hey, Ron, have you thought about, we mentioned social media a little bit earlier, have you thought about if social media was what it was, mid-'80s New York Mets, around the team yeah. and people talking about it, um, you don't have to love everybody, but when you come out, they're the enemy. They're, they're sitting across yeah. the field, and we will galvanize behind that. How good or bad would it have been if social media was a thing around that team for those years? Yeah, there would, have, there would have been some dystopian years for that team. They would have gone <laughs> underground and uh, would only appear at 7 o'clock for the 7.05 game. And as soon as the game was done, they'd be shuttled back underground like miners, coal miners, and you wouldn't see them again until the next night. That was the only way that team would have survived. It would have been like a celebrity wedding. They can go wherever they want, but in those places, all the cell phones as you walk in have to be taken away. All the cell phones have to be taken away and avoid the helicopters in the sky. Yeah, so so you guys would have lived in Middle Earth, and you would have only yeah. come up in game time and then actually been. No, so I, this idea of Alex Anthopoulos has been very open with us about he's changed yeah. his mindset as a general manager. He said, I want talent, but I need personalities that are going to work. I need to have yeah. a clubhouse that control itself. I've spoken to Davey Johnson a number of times. I've spoken to guys who are on those teams with you. It is interesting. Tony La Russa said, you can put perfume on a turd, but it's still a turd. As long as you're <laughs> winning, nobody really cares about this chemistry that some people want to try yeah. out. That's 100% true, but I will say nine times out of ten, having the ball players like each other lends itself to a better chance over six months of performing at a higher level. I think you could certainly have a season where you have 26 cabs and 26 players. That certainly can happen because the talent just has one of those years. But consistency, as you mentioned before, culture, as you mentioned before, in the long run, if you're going to have the kind of sustained success that, that the Atlanta Braves have had, um, then you have to be uh, the kind of club that gets players that in the clubhouse, um, they're going to be able to coexist. And I, I think that's a, a big, important part uh, of anything you put together. I know the analytics are very important. Um, but uh, coexisting with someone for six months and rooting for them and appreciating what they do and liking them and their family as human beings uh, only helps. I don't think you're supposed to use the word only when you talk about a team that won a world championship. Only one. <laughs> but it's funny. I lived up there when you guys won only yeah. one. I lived down here when the Braves, wink, wink, only won one. Have you ever spoken about what you thought that Mets team should have done? Because guys on the Braves will tell you, we should have won another championship at some point. Do you feel the same way? You know, John Smoltz and I uh, uh, did games together, and we know each other very well, and we certainly have had this conversation. And I think what, what it has done, you know, the Braves will kind of always be known as the uh, great, consistent ball club that um, should have won more World Series. Well, that Mets team, I think, you know, with the 108-win season, they were primed to try to be the Open A's, uh, the Big Red Machine. They wanted to be one of those teams that were considered one of the best teams in the history of the game. Instead, they're only known as the team that had, uh, in the history of the game, had one of the finest seasons. Uh, I'm glad we had one. Uh, but I think, you know, the window for us was 85, 86, 87, 88. Uh -huh. And certainly uh, those years uh, should have been, um, if, not, uh, if not a World Series win, then in the World Series. Now, in today's game, we would have made the playoffs from every, every year from 84 to 91. That would have helped to at least get in the dance more. But uh, in those days, it was the, the, the rules were different.
Finishing up with Ron Darling, called the Braves and Mets on TBS last night. He's with us on the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker line. You saw Pete Alonzo shout at Bryce Elder last night. We talked about it earlier. Chris said maybe he was trying to rattle a young pitcher, maybe trying to fire up his team. Your reaction when you saw that? Well, um, you know, not knowing the whole story, I, I think that, you know, you have a Braves team that has, um, you know, won, what, the last uh, 12 out of the last 16 games at Truist Park. Uh, they've really uh, taken a hold of this series. Uh, last year, of course, uh, the series where the Mets needed to win one game, and they couldn't do it because the Braves were up to the task and beat their three best pitchers. Um, uh, the Braves have bragging rights right now, and... Uh, you know, I think every player or every organization or team tries to fire up the people they're playing with. Um, I, I would necessarily not do that against the Brave. Uh, they're just too good. And, uh, you know, I don't know if it was the rattle. I don't know if it was to get his team going. Uh, the Mets had a coach thrown out in the second inning. You know, so there was a lot of chippiness, I think, between both ball clubs. And I can see that existing the rest of the year. Instead of 19 games, they only have 13 against yeah. each other. So every game is so pivotal. So uh, I, I, I think these guys are going to play with a chip on their shoulder against each other all season long. And I don't always think that that's a bad thing. No, I think that's a great thing for the fans, especially you want interest in the series. Yeah, you got to like people and not like people. Last thing, um, with the draft picks, uh, with some of the trades, that 84-85 team to get to 86, it's crazy. People think that I'm lying when I say this. 1985 might have been my favorite year to root as a baseball yeah. fan because you saw everything coming to play. You take it to the wire with the Cardinals. Uh, I, I just found the excitement. Do you believe that you needed 84 and especially 85 to even get to 86, knowing what it takes to win? Uh, well, I think I think 84 um, really was uh, set the foundation. Uh, 85, we got beat because the Cardinals were just a great team, and we just couldn't overcome them. You know, it would tip your hat kind of a, a year that year. Um, but that should have been our year. We really had a, had a strong ball club. What 84 and 85 did, it bounced past us into a season where we had to win. And uh, that's not a that's not a, a a great place to be, to tell you the truth, where um, you have to win to have a successful year. Um, we pulled it off, um, and I'm really proud of that. But um, that's that's a, a really tough place place to be. But without the, the without losing to the Cubs in '84 and kind of take baby step, and then not being able to catch the Cardinals in '85, that certainly put us. I guess, uh, with, with um, the guts needed uh, to pull that off in 86. All right, the most important question, Ron, before we let you go, how do you procure the role of Levoy in Shallow Hell? <laughs> it's a great story. I, I mean, it takes a few seconds, so I'll tell it to you. So um, the Fairley brothers who did that movie were in Hawaii vacationing. They saw the bigger version of Lee Boy selling pineapples on the side of the road. They said, we got to get this guy in a movie. They wrote a movie and ended up using Lee Boy as one of their characters. And they had to have the counterpart. If you, if you remember Shallow Hal, there was a person that maybe wasn't so attractive by what we call attractive and a person that people think is attractive by today's standards. And they were thinking to themselves, who do we know who's like a Hawaiian dude that we could use? And finally, one of the Fairley brothers uh, talked to a friend of theirs that had gone to Yale with me and said, use Ronnie Darling. Yeah, I mean, he's a Hawaiian guy. Maybe he can pull it off. And that's how I got that part with the Fairley brothers. And it was a great experience. And um, and it was re it was really fun to do, but um, I was more nervous for that 
than I was for my first start in the major league. Yeah. <laughs> What's interesting, I hear Sid Fernandez is still angry that they didn't pick him when all was said and done as well. <laughs> exactly. He lives in a pain game. <laughs> Ron, always a pleasure having you on. Hopefully we can talk again as the season rolls on. Anytime, guys. Thanks for the Thanks, The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation, like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.